Hello everybody, how's it going? It's the Couch Coach here for another episode of the Couch Coach. Now we got a couple things to talk about today. Uh, NFL free agency has been going on. It's been a pretty good offseason, but pretty weird, right? Because a lot of these teams can't really spend because of the salary cap, which is kind of interesting to see all these one-year contracts being passed out. We're going to talk about that and some of the signings I like, some of the moves I didn't like. NBA trade deadline, as I'm sitting here recording this right now, is just closed. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We had some last-minute type of moves, as always, as the NBA trade line always does. But that was cool to see. And I'm going to introduce a new segment today. I'm going to introduce a new little part of this show, and it's going to be my rant of the show. Because I think what I'm going to try to do is, because listen, all right, you think of a couch coach. They think they know everything while they're sitting on their couch watching the watching the games play out. But I think I want to introduce a new segment uh, called the rant of the show, as I said. And this is going to be kind of what a couch coach does, right? I feel like couch coaches just sit there, they yell at the TV, and they think they know better, and they act like they know better. And I mean, I guess that's kind of what I do this whole show, but I'm going to spend a nice chunk of time ranting about something that has annoyed me specifically in this week of sports. So, so I hope you're ready for another great episode of The Couch Coach. So I guess the first thing we can kind of dive into is the NBA trade deadline because as I said, that kind of just ended only only a little while ago and you know, I've been monitoring and all that. But yeah, it only ended a little while ago and we saw some players go somewhere. Now, prior to today, we had heard a lot of rumors, right? We had heard Aaron Gordon wanted to leave. We had heard Lonzo Ball might be going somewhere. We had heard about Victor Oladipo potentially going somewhere. Kyle Lowry, apparently the Lakers were in on Kyle Lowry. That, that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, there, there was a ton of things happening the other day um, as far as rumors go. Also, the Lakers apparently were kind of interested in getting Andre Drummond, and they were willing to trade Montrose Harrell and Marcus Saul if, if a good trade opportunity came up. So that was really interesting. But as we saw after the dust settled today, uh, only a couple players got moved around. One of them was, as I said, uh, Victor Oladipo, who a lot of people thought was going to get traded. He went to Miami, which kind of kind of down with that. I don't know. I, I love Jimmy Butler on that on that group. Bam, I love Bam. And I, I love to see how Victor Oladipo is going to kind of blend with those guys. I still don't think it's a team that can knock off a team like the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they're still going to be great. Probably going to be going to the finals. But nonetheless, I think that Miami's willing to go out and get a player like Victor Oladipo. It's probably going to improve them a little bit. And like I said, I can't really see them going super far. Definitely not to the finals like they did last year. I think the only way they would have did that is if they went out and got like Giannis and built like a real super team because that was the rumor before Giannis stayed with the Bucks. But yeah, I mean, still pretty cool to see him go somewhere because that, that was a big uh, big rumor going around the other day is where's Victor Oladipo going to go. Also, Aaron Gordon got traded. He only got traded a little while ago, uh, maybe three hours ago. Yeah, he got traded about three hours ago. I'm looking at this Woj tweet right now. So uh, he got traded for Gary Harris, uh, RJ Hampton, and a first round pick. Also, he went to the the Denver Nuggets, uh, so he's going to be playing there now. And that, and that, I mean, that's good for both teams too. I feel like you know Aaron Gordon wanted to leave, and now Denver got a player that they think can help them out a little bit, and you know help carry the team. Also, you know, we can't forget that that's already like a pretty decent team. I mean, I mean they have the Joker, you know, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, so solid fit there, I think, especially considering that Aaron Gordon is the one who uh, who wanted to move. Also, as I mentioned, I mean, Lonzo Ball was one of the ones who 
was really there was a lot of rumors going around about Lonzo and same thing with Kyle Lowry right there were a lot of rumors just because of the, the one well Lonzo I wouldn't call Lonzo a superstar Lonzo's good and I think he's a good playmaking point guard I think he does a good job of passing the ball and being an unselfish point guard not he doesn't take too many insane shots and doesn't force the ball into the net so uh, but uh, obviously his name is huge because a, I mean, his dad, LeVar, and when Lonzo was in the, entering the league, there was the whole, you know, LeVar ball saga. And then we also have, you know, his brother, LaMelo, who's absolutely ridiculous this year, probably going to be rookie of the year. He's, I mean, he's hurt right now, but still, the, the kid was playing absolutely out of his mind. So that's why Lonzo, I mean, was kind of a big rumor thing. But he's actually staying, which is pretty interesting. I think it only, it came out about... Only about an hour ago, and it said that, yeah, there's no real deal in place. I know the, the Bulls were apparently pursuing him heavily. Now, I'm not really sure what the Bulls would be willing to give in order to get Lonzo, but regardless, that's kind of interesting. I also heard that some people saying the Knicks would be interested. I, I kind of think it would have been good for the Knicks because, you know, the Knicks have guys like R.J. Barrett. Um, they have Julius Randles, who's been playing fantastic this season. But I think having a guy like Lonzo, who's kind of experienced, a good playmaker, I would imagine he's a good leader. He's solid. Um, I feel like having that type of presence on your team would have been huge for the Knicks. Because there's no, I mean, yeah, they have a good depth guy in Emmanuel Quickly. But, I mean, Emmanuel Quickly is kind of young. And I don't really know. Like, mostly he plays off the bench. So, like, I don't think he could really be that much of a starter. I think he's just going to be a really good depth piece and really good kind of like six man to come in and make a difference at point guard. For, for a while, I think he'll do that for them. Anyway, I mean, maybe at some point, once he really enters his prime, he might get the starting gig. I mean, maybe now he will, too, because they didn't go out and get Lonzo. But I think if they would have gotten Lonzo, that would have been pretty good for the team. Um, and their ability to kind of make plays and and find openings and, and run different types of plays and stuff like that. So I think that would have kind of been interesting, but nonetheless, he didn't go anywhere. Also, Kyle Lowry didn't go anywhere. Uh, Kyle Lowry was, like I said, potentially rumored to be going to the Lakers, or I even heard the Sixers. Now, I think the Sixers, that would have been cool because if he went to the Sixers, he would have been playing with Joel Embiid, who right now, I mean, Joel's been been hurt, and he, he was having a freaking MVP caliber season, though he was literally the favorite to win MVP. He was playing absolutely amazing. But now he's hurt. Uh, they still have Ben Simmons, who, I mean, Ben Simmons, for some goddamn reason, the guy still can't develop a jump shot. I don't really know why. Listen, hey, I can't. I I don't have a jump shot, so maybe that's I shouldn't be talking about whether or not a guy can develop a jump shot or not. But he really cannot. Uh, he I've never seen. He, he I don't I don't know. He just can't develop. I, let me put it this way. I don't know how you're in the NBA and you can't develop a free shot, especially when you play a position like Ben Simmons plays in point guard and you don't know how to shoot from range. The guy literally can't shoot from range. All he can do is drive. I mean, he's good at it. Don't get me wrong. He's freaking amazing at it. But he's kind of his play is a little one note, right? Because all he does is really drive. Um, so I think adding someone like Kyle Lowry would have been cool because it would have been you know, that veteran experience adding that to the team. Playing with Joel Embiid, who's having an MVP caliber season. Ben Simmons, who's been doing pretty solid, even though he can't shoot from range. I mean, he's still a great player. Even Tobias Harris, I think, has been playing pretty, pretty solid over the past few weeks that Joel's been hurt. So I think that, you know, adding... Uh, Kyle Lowry to that group would have only added to that team's potential. Um, and that would have been really cool to see, but, uh, you know, we didn't see it. And, and then, you know, that happens. That happens. Because I feel like there's always rumors, right? There's literally always rumors. But I think one of the more interesting trades that we saw at the deadline was the Clippers trading Lou Will, I think, some draft picks, right, to get Rajon Rondo. I think that was kind of cool because 
Rajon Rondo's still a pretty solid player. I think that he's a good fit uh, for the Clippers, and I think that'll kind of help them out with what they need because I feel like the Clippers are in a weird spot, right? Because we all thought that the Clippers were going to have an amazing year last year, potentially beat out the Lakers and make it to the finals because they had Kawhi. But I think that, you know, now our expectations are a little tampered. Now, we still expect good things from them, but they really did have a disappointing year last year, and there's there's no doubt about that. So, I mean, maybe adding a guy like Rajon Rondo, who's a really experienced player, he's still got a pretty solid amount of talent, and he's, just, he's solid, he's a trustworthy player, I think is pretty good for them, even if, you know, they did have to give up some some more stuff for Rondo. But I think, I think it is a fit. I think it's pretty solid. Now... So overall, I think the NBA trade deadline, pretty interesting, right? Pretty pretty interesting stuff to talk about, but nothing super crazy. Now, something happened with Lonzo, something happened with Rajon Rondo. That would have obviously been huge. I mean, the Aaron Gordon thing, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Even the Victor Oladipo trade, we kind of knew that was going to happen. So interesting stuff, but nothing too crazy. But nonetheless, I mean, it's important to talk about because some of these players can make a big impact on the team and help a team potentially push, uh, make a push for the playoffs and maybe a chip if if they're good enough. I mean, nobody, I don't think that good, really was uh, was traded in this deadline. But regardless, I mean, it's cool to see. Cool to see. Now, speaking of all this trade stuff, right, signings and deals and all that, let's talk about the NFL offseason, the NFL offseason, the free agency, right, because that's always such a fun time. It's like literally, I think, one of my favorite times of the year. I love free agency. Now, this year, as I said, was a little different because we saw the salary cap change and we saw how that has affected teams. So the salary cap was at $182.5 million. Now, a lot of teams thought the projected cap would have been about $210 to $220 million, which is a whole freaking extra $30,000 more, potentially $40,000 more, $40 million more, excuse me that these teams would have been able to spend on players. Now, obviously, COVID threw a wrench in those plans, right? That got all messed up. These, these teams didn't, weren't able to get the revenue uh, that they that they th- were expecting if things had been completely open. So that kind of messed with the salary cap. Now, a lot of teams were left struggling uh, with making splashes and signing players. Because if you notice, right, if you watch, this has been a pretty slow free agency compared to a lot of other years. Now, big-name people were kind of on the market, right? We saw people like Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay, uh, the you know, I, th- I think Jadavion Clowney's still there. Adore Jackson just got signed by someone the other uh, by the Giants the other day. So there are some well, and and that what's funny enough though is that the Adore Jackson thing I think came from a from a cut. I think he was cut. Uh, there, but there are still really really big name players that were signed, and I think the first team that I want to talk about because I'm going to talk about maybe two, three, four teams. Uh, the first team I kind of want to talk about today is the Giants because I think the Giants kind of wowed me a little bit with the splashes that they made. They went out, they got a guy like Adoree Jackson who could play number two behind uh, Bradbury, their other corner, who had a freaking fantastic year this year, right? That guy really played fantastically. He was the gem of that Giants defense. Uh, so he, Adoree Jackson can easily play behind him and be the number two. And Adoree Jackson is also a great special teamer just because of his speed, right? He's got so much speed. Super talented player, and he's still pretty young too. Now they signed him to a little bit of a bigger contract than I think maybe he deserved. But regardless, I think I was I was uh, super impressed by the 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 team's willingness to go and get a player like that, especially Dave Gettleman, right? And I think I want to talk about that because <laughs> listen, Dave Gettleman has come under a lot of fire. He's come under a lot of fire since you know his his 
uh, hiring and then his moves since, especially with the Daniel Jones one. I think that was his biggest like question mark. And I know he he had traded for Leonard Williams too, and people thought that was stupid. And then Leonard Williams ended up working out. He actually played really well this year. And speaking of Leonard Williams, they were actually to keep him. They were they were able to re-sign him three years, sixty three million dollars. That's a lot of money to give a defensive end who kind of was more of a prove it season. I feel like this year because a lot of people had doubts over him, and like I said, some people didn't like the move. But regardless, I think he had a pretty solid year. Again, three years, $63 million, kind of expensive. But again, if you think that's your guy, I mean, if you trust his production, then, hey man, Dave Gettleman, good for you. They also went out, speaking of production, they got somebody who can produce offensively. Kenny Galladay, really solid wide receiver. Now, he got a monster contract. Four years, $72 million. Do I think he's worth that much money? No, I certainly do not. I don't even know if... I, I, I would think I'd maybe consider him as a top 10 wide receiver in this league. Definitely not top five. Maybe a top ten. I feel like the money he got was probably maybe top five money. So it was a lot of money. And the only thing that worries me is because he played so well with a guy like Matthew Stafford, who is a very underrated, very good quarterback. I think Daniel Jones can be a very good quarterback. I think Daniel Jones is already a solid quarterback. Do I think he's ever going to be as good as Matthew Stafford? Not necessarily. I don't really think so. I don't know if he has that amount of talent to be as good as a guy like Matthew Stafford. So it's going to be interesting to see how that team blends. I mean, they still have a guy like, you know, they have Sterling Shepard. Uh, they went out and they got John Ross, too, speedster. I mean, John Ross was very overrated because of his speed. That's why the Bengals got him, because they thought he could be like this blazer down the sidelines who is going to get open for them every play because of their speed. And he really was not that polished of a route runner, really not that polished of a player didn't really work out there. But I, I, I like that signing for the Giants too, actually. And you know what's funny? In my Madden franchise where I rebuilt the Giants, I actually did sign John Ross. So that's kind of funny uh, that he just ended up on the team that I signed. I just want to throw it out there. You know, just throw out my little Madden wisdom on you guys and, and just maybe prove that maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Nah, maybe not really. I don't know. I don't know. But still, that was cool to see. They also signed Devontae Booker, which I think was a good move. He had a really good season this year with the Raiders. Um prove that he could be a solid back i don't think he's going to be their number one i think he's going to be solid for them probably be a fill-in number two if they run want to decide to run like a two-back system like a shared back system either way though i think he's really good they also got kyle rudolph pretty solid tight end when he's healthy so yeah this team made some really really solid moves i was very happy very proud of Dave Gettleman, man. Listen, I think Dave Gettleman kind of knows what he's doing. I feel like he's kind of like the butt of the joke a lot, especially, like I said, with the Daniel Jones thing. Uh, then last year, people make, people made fun of him during the draft because he was wearing his mask in his house. But I think maybe he's doing the right thing. Maybe he knew what he was talking about with Danny Dimes because people made fun of him for Danny Dimes. And look at him. He's working out. He's a, The kid saw And listen, yeah, the kid was about to have one of the longest ever touchdown runs by a quarterback in history. And he freaking fell on his face like an idiot. Uh, right before he got to the end zone. But regardless, man, we can't forget that the kid was still running that far. He had a completely open end zone. He messed it up himself, sure. But, I, and I, I mean, hey, we, we've seen him come in clutch in, in pretty intense moments. I think the game that comes to mind was last year when the Giants won in overtime versus the Buccaneers. Uh, that game, that really tight game, high-scoring game. Really good game. Daniel Jones played great, and I think he's had a lot of a lot of troubles too because a his offensive line is just all right. His wide receivers have never been fantastic because ever since they lost Odell, they haven't really known what they're doing. I mean, they had Golden Tate, but Golden Tate's washed. Let's be honest, he's really not that great. And at running back, I mean, Saquon's hurt on and off. Like they have to get Saquon healthy too. If this team's going to be good, they have to get Saquon healthy because 
you can't I think you can't put it all on Danny Dimes to do everything like he's not Patrick Mahomes obviously I think Danny Dimes though Daniel Jones he's gonna work really well in a really balanced offense I think someone like Saquon who even if you want to run more heavily run like run the ball a lot more I think it could work out for him because I feel like Daniel Jones is a guy that you can trust to make really solid throws uh, and play really solid football and kind of be a smart quarterback even though maybe his personality isn't insane I think he can be a really solid quarterback. Speaking of players who I think can be a really solid quarterback, who I think get too much hate, I want to talk about Sam Darnold, and I want to talk about the Jets too. Now, the Jets, we kind of don't know what they're doing because they were all in on Deshaun Watson, which, hey, I want to talk about that dude in a second too because of what's going on with his whole situation. I want to talk a little bit about that, touch on that. But if you think, oh, by the way, mm, what do couch coaches do when they sit around watching games, right, and comment and think they know everything? Have a nice brewski. I got one here from Asbury Park Brewery. Uh, my pops brought this up for me. Sea Dragon. It's a nice IPA, East Coast style. Pretty solid. Really hoppy, but really, really good. Enjoying it. So, yeah. Couch coach. When, you, when you're the couch coach and you're sitting around talking about sports, I think. I think maybe I'm going to have to have one every every time I put on a show. I might have to have a, a nice beer with it or some cider or something. Something a little bit of alcohol in it. Because that's what couch coaches do, right? We sit around, drink a little bit, and we yell at the TV. Because, hey, we want to be the GM, even though we know we can't do the job. Or I think some people think they can do the job, even though they can't do the job. But let me go back to the Jets real quick. So they were in on the Deshaun Watson thing. Now, potentially, they can draft someone if they want. I still think the best move here is to stick with Sam Darnold for at least one more year. Maybe you can get a quarterback later on in the draft on day two. But I think what you do here is stick with Sam Darnold because you get the guy some help, right? You get him receivers. First of all, they did go out and they got him receivers. They got him Corey Davis uh, and they got him Keelan Cole, two pretty solid receivers, Corey Davis especially. And Corey Davis got paid a pretty solid contract, three years, $37.5 million. nothing too crazy. Now, if the Jets want to, I mean, maybe they can get a wide receiver. It's a pretty solid receiver class, pretty stacked receiver class, actually. So again, maybe in like a day two scenario, they can get a receiver, even if they want to risk it all and get someone day one. But I had to trade back. They could trade out of the two spot and get someone then. I think they have two first-round picks this year, so maybe later on in the, in the first round. Either way, though, I think you have to get him some weapons. you got to build his offensive line, which, I mean, they do have some people on their pretty solid guys in their offensive line that they're putting into it. But regardless, I mean, I, I really don't think you should give up on him yet. The guy had one of the worst coaches in NFL history, Adam Gase, be his, his, co- his coach this past year. And people are saying, oh, it's his fault he lost these games. It's his fault because of this. It's his fault because of that. Or people would be like, well, it's not entirely his fault. He does have to make better plays. Which, hey, I agree with that. I think if you're going to be the quarterback of your team, you're going to have to make better plays. But I think we forget that he is a really young player, right? He's still pretty young. What did he enter the league two to three years ago? So he's still a really young player who's kind of only learning, and he's already switching coaches. And I feel like you can kind of compare Not entirely, because I think Derek Carr is better. But in a way, compare him a little bit to Derek Carr, because... Derek Carr has always been constantly changing his quarterbacks. I mean, his uh, coaches. His coaches are always constantly changing. He's always getting a new system. And people always shit on the guy when he's not doing well, uh, when it's only his first year in the system. Now, I think that once you're a veteran quarterback, yeah, you do have to be able to get a new system. Right? But when you're that young, I mean, it's really hard to grasp a new system. You go from coming out of college where you're playing the same system for four years to coming to learn a new one, right? Then your coach changes. you got to learn a new one. And now his coach is changing, and he's got to learn a new one with Robert Sala. So... I personally don't think you give up on him. I think you at least give him this year to see if he can kind of learn the, the, the play scheme that you're going to run, see how he can flourish in it. I think he's still a pretty solid quarterback. He can make plays. I think he can kind of move a little bit in the pocket. 
So I would just get some weapons for him, build the line. Because here's another thing too. Why not build the weapons around him, build the line, maybe get him a solid back, right? And then if he doesn't work out this season, get a quarterback next year who can succeed. And you already have all the pieces there. You have the receivers there. You have a good line and just throw them right in behind. And you got a good back who can power on the ball or maybe do some elusive stuff and whatever. But you have the system in place, right? So if you have a system... So let's say you make this whole this whole team, right, with good wide receivers, you build a good offensive line, you get a good running back, right? If Sam Darnold does not do great, that will probably means he either doesn't succeed in the system or he's not that great of a quarterback, and that's it's it's what everybody thinks is he's not that great of a quarterback, right? Fine. Then you know though that if he gets any bit of production in your system, that means a really good quarterback can probably get a lot of production in your system. A quarterback who gets your system can get a lot of production within it. So I think the move here is instead to build the weapons, build the line, build that offense around Darnold. Not necessarily build it to his talents, but just put, add pieces around him and see how he succeeds. If he doesn't succeed this year, then oh well, you can get it next year. Now I think people have a point of being, oh well they have the second round pick, maybe they should jump on and they should go get somebody. I don't entirely think so. Um, just because I feel like it's first of all, it's it's kind of a deep-ish quarterback class. I think it's a compelling one because I think after Trevor Lawrence, it's kind of a toss-up on who is the best. Besides that, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of players: Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, right? There's guys like that. And you don't really know what they're gonna end up being. I feel like, and they're all kind of on the same level. It's not like we have like two or three really good quarterbacks, and then there's a huge drop-off. I feel like we have one we know is probably going to be good. And I'm, I don't even think I'm sold on Trevor Lawrence at this point because he had that freshman breakout year. But outside of that, I mean, his second year was still uh, all right. It was pretty solid, but I feel like it wasn't as good as his, his freshman year. And then this year he had COVID, but he also, I feel like, didn't play that great in some other games, especially the uh, the bowl game this year when he played when he played Ohio State. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not entirely sold on Trevor. I mean, I still think he's going to be pretty good, but – I think a lot of people bought into the hype of, of just, you know, who he was um, after his freshman year because he had such a great freshman year. But I don't really know if that's the type of player we're going to get. We'll have to see. But regardless, I feel like waiting another year wouldn't hurt because I, I'm very, like, conflicted about this uh, quarterback draft class coming in this year. And I feel like that about so many players in this draft class just because we weren't able to kind of see a lot of them play, whether it be because they played less games, that we had no uh, – NFL draft, well, NFL combine, excuse me, NFL combine. And I feel like it's going to make a lot of teams skeptic about who they want to take. I think we're going to see a lot of trading down or trading up if you're the other team that wants to trade up. But I think, yeah, that, that should be interesting. But regardless, I really don't think the Jets should go out and get a quarterback yet. I think they should give Sam Darnold one more year. But I think the Jets did make some good moves. I mean, besides getting the receivers that I had listed before, they went out and got Carl Lawson, who's arguably one of the better pass rushers that were available in free agency this offseason. Uh, they got Marcus May, franchise tagged him. He's a fantastic safety. He was really, how I said before, Bradbury was the gem in the Giants defense. That's Marcus May for the Jets. Marcus May was playing amazingly this past year, and he was really the only bright spot, bright spot on that defense, especially after they traded Jamal Adams. Uh, they also got LaMarcus Joyner, who didn't play very well for the Raiders. Maybe they'll bump him back to safety. He played mostly at nickel for the Raiders, so maybe they'll bump him back to safety, see how he does there, because he played, it was a really good safety. And they got Gerard Davis, who used to play for the Lions, who had drafted him, actually. They signed him to a one-year $7 million contract. So, 
all I think really good signings you're adding to both sides of the ball which is great even though Gerard Davis hasn't really been great his whole career I think he has a decent amount of potential I believe he's a first round pick so I think he has the potential and maybe he'll do better in this in this system um, that Rob Sala is building so it should be cool to see now, one other team I kind of want to stick with, I want to stick with this division real quick, because I want to talk about the Patriots, who did something that wasn't very Belichick-like, right? They made a splash in free agency, which was kind of weird for them. I feel like they don't do that. That's not what Belichick does. That's not Belichick's motif, right? He doesn't really do that kind of stuff. But that's exactly what he did, and maybe I think he's feeling pressure, to be honest. I mean, Tom went out and won a Super Bowl this year. Patriots didn't even make the playoffs for the first time in, since they had Brady, so probably like... Like I think it was like nine. It's gotta be like close to 19 years or something insane like that that they haven't made the playoffs, which is crazy. Uh, and their their division is slowly getting a lot better, right? We saw the Bills are a very good football team who were on the cusp of making it to the Super Bowl before losing to the Chiefs pretty badly. Then you got the Jets, who are obviously they have a brand new coach who seems like he's going to be a really good coach, and they are adding a lot of pieces and they have a lot of draft picks this year, so they might be able to make something work. And I think in Two a year or two, the Jets can be really good. And we also have the Dolphins, who, I mean, listen, Tua is still a question mark in my opinion. I don't really like Tua. I didn't really like him coming out of college either. I felt like because of that injury, the way that he was going to play would be really unpredictable. And he played for a really good Alabama team. So for me, I think, because if you think about the Alabama team, right, they had, uh, that was the team with Jerry Judy, right? And... Henry Ruggs and Devonta Smith so like that team was pretty ridiculous but he got hurt so I think that I was pretty nervous of him coming out of college and this year he really did not play that amazingly he made some questionable throws at times or some of his throws were kind of off so uh, that's still a question for me but regardless I think Brian Flores I've, I've said it a couple times in the show I think Brian Flores is going to be a really good coach I think he is a really good coach because the team was one game away from making the playoffs this year, which nobody really expected them to do that. I think a lot of people still expected them to be like at least another year out of maybe being in playoff contention. And they had a great year. So I think Bill is feeling that pressure, right? He's like, oh, well, you know, I got people coming from enemies coming from all sides. People are chanting at me because they're saying you're an idiot for letting Brady walk. And I think he felt the pressure. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to have to go make a splash. And let me tell you what, dude, this guy, Bill, dude, he, a splash is exactly what he did. He got Johnny Smith. A fantastic tight end. Probably, a, I would consider him a top five, maybe. Maybe right on the edge of top five, but I'd probably say top five. He's probably up there with Waller, Kelsey, um, George Kittle, right? He's up in that group, I think. I think he's right outside of those three. Maybe, maybe he's number five. But I still got him. Hunter Henry, who's also a freaking awesome tight end when he's healthy, right? I think that's the problem with Hunter Henry is that he's really not always healthy. But he, hey man, he got both of those guys. He re-signed Cam, which was a really interesting move because I think a lot of people weren't sure if he wanted Cam. I know he was kind of in on trying to get Mariota for a while, but that was a really big contract. So he stuck with Cam, which, hey, I'm kind of down with that. I think Cam got too much of the blame in last year for being trash. In week one and week two, Cam played really well. And then we can't forget that he got COVID, right? Uh, and he really kind of was off. And I feel like we kind of don't really think about the effect that that might have had on him. Also, that offense had like zero weapons. The only guys that he had a, was able to freaking throw to were, were James White and Rex Burkhead. Come on, dude. You know you're in a bad place. Hey, Rex Rex Burkhead's good. He's a good back. But you know you're in, your team's in a bad place when one of the only guys you got is Rex Burkhead. So 
they went out and got him, and I guess that's going to be Bill's quarterback. Unless Maybe I can see him kind of drafting someone, actually, because Bill's never been a guy to really draft someone very high, and they've always had a, kind of a weird draft. But I feel like Bill might go out and get a quarterback this year, especially because, as I said, I feel like the quarterback class is kind of weird. right? I feel like it's a little bit unpredictable. So I feel like Bill might you know, get someone to drop in his lap and Bill's the type of guy, you know, to be one of those people that sees a diamond in the rough and he's like, Oh, this this is this is the one for me. Like this is this is the one that I think is gonna be the next Tom Brady and he's like rubbing his hands together and say, Ultimate power you know, like freaking Emperor Palpatine. Dude's a the evil emperor, I swear, with his freaking cut off sleeved hoodies and his hood up and his little microphone on all the time. But yeah, I mean, listen, I think Bill could potentially do that. Find somebody who's like a diamond in the rough that maybe a team was otherwise not really thinking about. And he he, he goes out and get him. And look, at I wouldn't be surprised if he's being really aggressive now. I wouldn't be surprised if he jumps up, trades up, and gets a guy that he wants. That would kind of not surprise me. I'm kind of feeling that right now, actually, with his, his aggression and his free agency, right? So, I mean... And I think a lot of teams this year, as I kind of mentioned a little earlier, I think a lot of teams are going to want to trade down because of how unpredictable this draft class is because of COVID. So I think he might be able to pounce and go ahead and get somebody. Also, he was able to bring back some players. He went and got Trent Brown, brought him back from the Raiders because Trent Brown was like never meeting weight. He was very lazy when he was over with the Raiders. He didn't really seem committed. And then he got the whole COVID issue and then his, somebody poked a hole in his lung by accident. It was a whole freaking mess, dude. And, like, I'm not a big Trent Brown fan after that whole situation. I feel like now he's acting like, oh, it was a bad fit when, like, dude, you kind of just weren't meeting weight and stuff like that. It's kind of like your job to do that. Um, But regardless, I mean, Trent Brown's gone back there. He still probably can be a solid uh, tackle for them. And you got Kyle Van Noy, who the Dolphins cut this year because they gave him way too big of a contract and he didn't kind of play to expectations. But... Bill got him back. Bill's bringing some of his guys back. We also can't forget that they had about eight starters who did not play the year this year. How much did that affect the team? I think a lot. So they're going to come back, and I think this Patriots team is going to be a whole nother level of pretty pretty freaking good this year because they're getting these big splash contracts. They're getting some of their players back, both through trades, through signings, and people who are going to return from COVID. So I think after having an off year, the Patriots are going to really bounce back strong. I think they're going to finish second in the division this year. I think Jets are going to be last. Dolphins third, potentially, because I feel like the whole Tua thing leaves it up in the air. Because now they don't have Fitzpatrick anymore, either. So I feel like that's going to be in the air. And I think Bills are still going to close it. But I can see them potentially splitting games. I think that's going to be exciting to see. But again, it's all going to rely on the draft, I feel like, and what Bill does. But like I said, don't be surprised if you see Bill getting aggressive. Now, I think one more team I'm going to talk about is the Raiders. The Raiders. Because... I feel like they had some questionable... Actually, it's not going to be the last thing I talk about. But they had some questionable moves that people were thinking because they got rid of Gabe Jackson, right? They traded Trent Brown. They traded Rodney Hudson. So that's three... And they... Well, they brought they got rid of Richie, but they brought him back, Richie Incognito. So that was three of their five starting linemen gone. Now, originally, being a Raiders fan, I was pretty upset with these moves. Um, I was pretty shocked, pretty mad that they would go out and do this when what we really need to do is add to our offense, I mean to our defense, excuse me, and now we needed to do, we made more problems on our offensive side where things were actually working, um, and now we're going to have to go out and sign more players. But I think I think it's, it's actually kind of smart because they saved a lot of money. First of all, they were readily, already thinking about trading Gabe Jackson last year, and now they want him to restructure. He didn't do that. Okay, so they traded him. They got a, they got, I think they got like a pretty solid pick. I think they got like a fifth rounder for him. But 
I'm down with that. Uh, he had like it was worth nine point six million dollars or something crazy like that. Then they traded Gabe ja- uh, Rodney Hudson, who I was pretty upset about because I like Rodney Hudson a lot. But they cleared up, so they're not going to have to pay his contract this upcoming year. They cleared cap space in that uh, that kind of instance, in the future cap more so. I think they would have taken a kid if they cut him, but they cleared up some cap now, a nice chunk. Traded him, got a third round pick for him, and Trent Brown. I think they got a fifth round pick for him as well. So. I think the reason why I think it was smart because not only do you clear this cap space and get these picks right, but you were paying this. I think the Raiders had like the number one highest paid offensive line in the NFL, and they really didn't play like it. They really didn't play. I think if you're paying, putting that much money to your offensive line, they should be like the number one. For a little while they were, right? I think they were really good last year when everyone's healthy, and I think even before that they were really, really good. They've always been a kind of a bright spot on the team has been the offensive line, that group. But I think now, or I mean, I saw on Pro Football Focus, which – Listen, you can't really always trust pro football focus, but Rodney Hudson every year has been like a 90, I think, gotten a 90 PFF grade, and this year he had a 70, and he's only getting older. And I think Gabe Jackson was hurt a little bit this year. They were able to play with a guy like Denzel Good, who's really good. (laughs) No pun intended, Denzel Good's really good. But, yeah, I think they were able to play with him, and even Trent Brown did not play at all this season. The Raiders were able to play without him. I mean, maybe they want to sign somebody. Maybe they want to draft a guy the first round but I think those moves in a way kind of made sense and I'm also excited that they got Yannick Ngakwe too because I think they were linked to him last year and they wanted to trade for him last year and he wanted to go there uh, but it kind of didn't work out that way so I'm happy we got him now and he seemed fired up and he looked like he was ready to be a leader for the team uh, when he was in one of the press conferences the other day so yeah good stuff in the Raiders also real quick I guess I'm going to talk about the Cowboys too maybe because the Cowboys got Dak. Now, I think Dak Prescott is a very underrated quarterback. I think a lot of people like to crap on him because he has had some problems in the past. We can't forget that last year, before he got hurt, he was playing absolutely ridiculous. He was probably going to have one of the best seasons of his career last year. And he, if he played like on the same level that he was playing, he could have potentially been an MVP candidate, I think. Now, do I think they over the Cowboys overpaid him? Yes. And I think the problem becomes that Jerry Jones always thinks that he can work with what he has and he's like we don't really need this we don't really need to make a guy get a guy here we don't really need this we could just throw some stuff throw some money at people and uh throw some money at you know whatever get all these guys and we could just pick whoever he wants to draft like for last last year cd lamb is a great player right did they really need another wide receiver i don't really think so i mean they had Gallup and they had amari cooper i don't think they really needed cd lamb i mean cd lamb's great but i feel like they didn't need him and I feel like there are a few holes in the Cowboys. I feel like they could definitely add pieces um, on their offensive line. I mean, they have Zeke, who's solid, but uh, defensively, I mean, they could always add pieces since that secondary, that's really not great. That defense is friggin' Swiss cheese. It's really not great. So they could certainly add pieces there. I think their D-line is okay, maybe, but their linebacking core is, is constantly hurt, especially with guys like Leighton Van Der Esch. And then you have their secondary, that's absolute paper absolute paper it gets sliced through all the time so they needed to make moves and help guys there but i feel like jerry jones was just like nope we're fine we could just have cool flashy players and stuff and they're going to succeed right and i feel like this is not what happens like jerry wake up a little bit and i think paying that much money for dak is kind of okay i think he's outside of mahomes though he's the top paid quarterback in the league and i do not think he should be that high i think dak is really good and i think he deserves to get the bag i think he deserves to get that money but do i think he's worth as much as Patrick Mahomes to be the top highest paid quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes? Definitely not. Definitely don't think that for sure. Um, So we'll see how it pans out. I hope the Cowboys are able to get somebody in the draft this year. 
maybe I don't really think they made any huge uh, splashes in free agency. Yeah, they you know they really didn't make any big splashes in free agency, so I don't, I'm I'm kind of concerned for them. But I, I want to talk about the Dak Prescott things because I'm happy for him. I'm happy they kept Dak because I think he is should be their quarterback. But I'm also concerned that like I don't know, I don't know, it's uh, a little a little too much being paid for him. I think. Anyway, I also want to talk about one more team. This is my last team. My last team. I want to talk about the Denver Broncos because <clears throat> if anybody saw what they did with their secondary this year, or that defense in general, oh my god, I'm kind of I'm kind of scared being in the same division with them because they went out, they they re-signed Justin Simmons who played really well. I think originally they had intended to um, put on a uh, hold on him like a uh, franchise tag on him, but they re-signed him four years, sixty one million, good pay for a good safety. They exercise their 2021 option on Von Miller, so they're gonna they're gonna keep Von Miller, which is kind of crazy. They also went out and they got Ronald Darby, who's like a really good corner. Uh, he played for Washington. I think before that he used to be on the Bills. Then he went to Washington. I think that was the trade when it happened with um, Josh Norman. That's how Josh Norman got there. But yeah, Ronald Darby, I mean, is is playing there now. And they also got Kyle Fuller, which is pretty crazy, right? Because Kyle Fuller's like freaking mad good. Dude's mad good. Uh, pro bowler. I was kind of hoping he would go to a team like the Raiders. And then we can't forget, they also have Shelby Harris, who's a really good defensive end. I think he was a former Raider as well. So I think that defense is going to be mad good this year. I think it's going to be very, very good, especially maybe if they want to add somebody else in the draft. I also know they were one of the teams that was in on Deshaun Watson. And with that, I kind of want to talk about Deshaun Watson real quick and everything that's going on with him. So for those of you who don't know, Deshaun Watson has been accused by 16 women who claim that he has uh, committed sexual assault and that he's a sexual predator. Um, and 16 women is a lot of women to come forward. And it takes a lot of courage to come, over in situation, to come forward in situations like these. And I feel like what I've been seeing a lot of is people defending Deshaun Watson and saying, oh, there's no way he could do this. There's no way. He's such a great guy. And I feel like we can't we can't put that label on him, right, that he's a nice guy. Uh, because I feel like we tend to think that, oh, just because they're a nice guy, right, they're a really good football player, this, that, that means that there's no way they're capable of doing this. I, you know, I, I don't believe in that. I feel like you never know what someone's capable of, right? I mean, for example, look at freaking John Wayne Gacy. Guy was a dressed up as a clown, went to children's hospitals, but he really was a serial killer, right? Deshaun Watson could be a really great football player, and on the surface of things, looks like he does a lot of good stuff for charity and all that, uh, and still be a sexual predator or sexually assault women. So we can't be giving him a pass and automatically assume he's right because there's some kind of bias that we have against him. Now, I I do hope that this case clears up soon um, for both parties, whether it be that Deshaun is guilty or not. Um, but it's just a rough thing to see. It's a tough thing to see, especially if it's in the case that the, the women are, in fact, um, correct, which I assume they are because there's 16 of them, like I said. So, yeah, I just hope this ends soon. But I just want to touch on that because, you know, I really don't believe in putting a nice guy label on Deshaun. You can't, you can't do that in a situation like this because you never know who someone truly is on the inside, right? You really, really never know. Now, I want to mention real quick before I get into my rant because I'm about to get into my rant. That we are just a week away from MLB opening day. Can I get a round of applause, please? I don't know if you're rounding. Give me a round of applause. I'm just going to assume that you are. I'm just going to assume that you are because uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. I'm really excited to have baseball back. I'm excited to see my Yankees uh, go out and play after they made a couple additions here and there. Nothing too insane, but I I'm excited. Hopefully the pitching rotation is a little bit healthier, a little bit better now. 
I'm so excited to see teams like the Padres and the Dodgers. I mean, it's, the Mets even look like they're going to do good, right? they got a lot of big brand, big name teams coming out and looking like they're going to do a lot of good this season. So I think it's a good thing for baseball. Because uh, I was talking to some people about this the other day. I feel like baseballs have a really tough time about it. I mean, they they were going down in popularity. And then during the 90s, you know, they had Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire going back and forth with the, with the home run battle. Who can get the most home runs? And then, you know, people found out they were on PEDs. And then after that, I feel like there was another downshift in baseball where baseball wasn't as appreciated, wasn't as much, wasn't really America's pastime anymore. It was starting to get popularity again. And then we had the whole Astro scandal and we had the whole juicing of the balls where a lot of people kind of knew that they were juicing the balls to try to make the game more exciting. So I think it's a good thing for baseball that a lot of these big brand teams are getting really good. A lot of people seem like they're interested in baseball. So I'm really excited to have baseball back. Let's go. Let's go Yanks. Let's go Yanks. If you're a Yanks fan, I don't know, but I do a lot of talking about the Yankees on here. So let's go Yanks. If you're a Yanks fan and if you're a fan of one of the teams I mentioned, get excited, especially if you're a Mets fan. Team hasn't been good in a really long time. They might be good this year, so we'll see. Just because that pitching rotation is crazy. But now for the rant of the show. My rant for this week, and it has to do with the Yankees. Funny enough, certain player on the Yankees that many people know I really don't like a uh, guy named Gary Sanchez. Yes, El Kraken. Uh, El, El sucks. El Kraken, El sucks. He's This guy is, is Garbaggio. He's the most overrated baseball player in all of sports. Uh, I mean, in all of baseball. He's the most overrated player in all of baseball, especially by Yankees fans. And this is what I want to talk about is these freaking Yankees fans, man, who go on Twitter and they're trying to defend Gary Sanchez, right? Because Gary Sanchez will go in these leagues during the summertime. Uh, I mean, not during the summertime, during like the fall or during the early, early spring, right? And you see him, I think we saw it this year. It was like, it was like I believe it was like a South American league that he was a part of because I remember there were a lot of South American players in this league. So I, I think it was a South American like spring league or something like that. And he was hitting a lot, right? And people were like, oh, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. Oh, Gary Sanchez. He's going to be he's going to be great. Look at him hitting these home runs. Dude, he's hitting it off of not MLB. Like, come on. He's not hitting it off insane competition, first of all. Second of all, let me see this guy do it in a game because what people get so excited about and it frustrates me so much is that first of all, yeah, Gary had it was good a couple years ago when he had that really big season where he had insane production for a catcher, right? Now, I'm not going to hold I'm not going to get mad at him for that, right? Cuz I feel like, yeah, I, I was impressed by that season, right? But he hasn't done anything of that caliber since. I don't know why Brian Cashman holds on to it. I don't know how Aaron Boone holds on to it. It's like, yeah, let's give this guy another chance. You couldn't play this guy in the playoffs, man. You couldn't play him in the playoffs. What makes you think that this guy can start your season if you can't even start your your supposed best catcher, your superstar catcher? You can't start him in the playoffs. You start Kyle Higashioka, who's a good player, who I think is actually pretty solid, right? He's not a home run hitter like Gary. Uh, and you start him during the playoffs, then you're going to start Gary now on opening day, and you're going to give this guy another chance? This bum, you're going to give him another chance? Come on. Get real. Get real. Come on. And I feel like the thing is always like, well, Gary has a lot of power, and Gary hits home runs. Well, guess what? When Gary hits a home run, I guarantee you this, right? Oh, and this was something that happened last year. I think it was during the Red Sox, right? Who, mind you, sucked last year. I think we were down by like two runs or something late, like the eighth inning. And Gary Sanchez hit, like, some bomb over the green monster right in the game. And everybody's like, Gary! Gary! El Kraken! He's the best! Oh, my God. This, they're like, this is vintage Gary. This is why we want Gary. Yeah, vintage Gary. It's the first time we got vintage Gary in about two or three years. That's an embarrassment. 
That is an embarrassment. Come on. Everybody's got to stop defending Gary. And the problem is, is that I feel like everybody gets wrapped up in this whole, oh, he's, a, he's a catcher who can power hit. Yeah, well, he's also a catcher who can't freaking defend, and he's a catcher who can only power hit. I'd say one out of a hundred freaking at-bats, he gets he gets a freaking home run. The guy is garbage. His average was garbage last year. And like I said, we started Kyle Higashioka, who did actually a good job in the playoffs, right? And like I said, the problem is, is all these stupid Yankee fans who are still wrapped up with Gary Sanchez and they think he's the best thing since sliced bread and he's still going to have that power. They still think he's going to be out cracking, out cracking. They still think he's going to do it, right? And I'm, I'm so freaking tired of seeing it. And it was actually hilarious because you look at his stat line in spring training and you could see the type of player that he is, right? And that's what's so funny about it. Is because before the season, before the spring training started, it was like, this is Gary's year. This is Gary's year. And you even had freaking Aaron Judge, which I love that man. Don't get me wrong. He's a fantastic player. And he gets on, he's like, so you know what? I think, uh, I think Gary Sanchez is going to have an MVP season this year. Listen, bud. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, Aaron, sit down with me, Aaron. I understand that this is your teammate, and I understand you like your teammate. You guys are boys, right? And I understand you're trying to hype him up, but stop, stop capping. Stop, first of all, stop lying to yourself, first of all, because it's never a good thing when you lie to yourself. Second of all, don't lie to the fans, all right? You don't want to do that. That sucks. And uh, don't lie to Gary either, because the guy knows he's not going to have an MVP season. The guy's trash, and he knows he's trash. That's why he always looks like he's upset and going to cry on the sidelines, because he's getting benched for Kyle Higashioka. And second of all, you know what? Let me, let me just look at his stats, right? And that, this goes into what I'm saying, is that before the season started, everybody was hyping him up and saying he's going to be so great. Let me let me go you read you through this tweet I saw the other day by Talking Yanks. Uh, it was posted 322, so it was three days ago from as of right now when I'm filming this. This was his stats that was posted. Gary Sanchez is one for his last 21 at-bats with just one single, no walks, and 10 strikeouts. The guy is garbage. The guy is garbage. He's hitting 176. He's got a 684 OPS. 36 plate appearances. That's what, that's what he walks away with. That's what the guy walks away with. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. And then Aaron Boone and, and Brian Cashman are like, oh, this, we're going to give him another chance. Again, we're going to give him the 45th chance to, to do good. He's had 44 chances, but you know what? Maybe lucky number 45 is going to be it. Come on, guys. Wake up. Wake up. I, You know what? I really hope, though, they're just holding him now. They're going to dump him after this year. They're going to bring up that, that young catcher. Actually, I don't know if he's going to be ready yet, the guy that we drafted. But <sighs> just gets me heated, man. Gary Sanchez stuff really gets me heated because the guy is garbage and, and Yankee fans don't want to admit that and freaking Brian Cashman doesn't even want to admit it. Oh my God, it's a joke. It's a joke. You know what? I think this was this was what was missing from the show because this is what a couch coach does, right? They freaking scream and get mad. And this is freaking frustrating, man. I tell you, I tell you that. It's frustrating because Gary Sanchez is a bum and he still gets it. He still gets the start when Kyle Higashioka earned the job. And it's really funny to me because a lot of people get stuck up on his batting. Gary's batting was so great and all that. And the freaking dude, the freaking dude can't, he, he, whatever. He can't, not only can he not hit, the dude can't play defense either. He's been one of the worst ranked catchers in the league for the past like two or three years. Guy, look at the stats. He's got like some of the most passed balls every year. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. He's Garbo. Garbo. Get him out of here. Get him out of New York. Let him go on some scrub-ass team. Send them to the Rockies. They're a bunch of scrubs over there. You know. 
Or the Mets. There's, no, I'm kidding. Send them to Boston. There you go. Send them to Boston. They're all scrubs in Boston. Team's garbage too now. I'm happy about that though. I hate Boston. But that's just that's just my uh, New Jersey slash New York sports pride uh, making me say that. Listen, that that's I'm gonna I, I could go about Gary Sanchez all day and rant about how freaking trash the man is. Uh, so I think I'm gonna stop that there. Uh, real quick before I close out the show though, I just want to say get ready because this Saturday we got a good UFC card coming up. Uh, Francis Ngannou versus the champ Stipe Miocic, uh, belt fight championship fight should be pretty good. I'm hoping Francis Ngannou wins. Great fighter, great great dude. Uh, he's a lot younger than Stipe, too. Stipe's had a great run. He beat Daniel Cormier recently. That was great. So really hoping Francis wins, but Stipe plays a clean game. I think I actually think if Stipe wins, Dana White may jump off a bridge. Although, in other news, speaking of the Dana White jumping off a bridge, uh, I thought he was going to do that when Kazmat Shemeyev said he wasn't going to return. But Kazmat Shemeyev now says he's looking to eye a return in July, which is pretty exciting because, again, we still haven't seen Kazmat go up against some real serious talent. So I'm excited to see him do that because I want to see if he's legit or not. And if he's not legit and, and Stipe, Stipe loses, then yeah, Dana White may uh, jump off a bridge. we got to put Dana White on watch because I'm going to be scared for that man's health. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out the show on that note. Uh, make sure you check out UFC if you're interested this upcoming weekend. Also, Sean O'Malley's making a return. He broke his foot in the first match. Didn't really get to see a lot of him. So yeah, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my first time ranting about something on the show. I think I'm gonna have more rants like that on the show. Hope you enjoyed my talking of, you know, free agency and uh, the NBA trade deadline. Also uh, coming up pretty soon in about a month, we have the NFL draft. So we're definitely gonna have some people on for that. Uh, might bring Sean on here. Might bring my friend Dan on here. Maybe I'll have a, a freaking draft a palooza and have like a bunch of freaking people on here, man. That would be sick. That'd be sick. So stay tuned for that. And I'll uh, catch you guys next time on the couch. Ciao.